Hello and welcome to This Dirt Life. I'm your host, Lisa Leonard. Apologies for the brief hiatus, but hopefully now we're back on track. Um, currently sitting on a plane right now, heading to Montana for this weekend's race in Missoula. I'm pretty anxious to get out there and with rain in the forecast, admittedly, I'm pretty giddy with excitement at the prospect of being cold, getting covered in dirt and just having a great experience. Uh, this week's podcast, in my opinion, is probably taking too long to get to. Uh, it's a fairly raw edit with just some sarcasm, witty banter and honest ramblings between two avid mountain bikers. I'm super lucky to train with this guy and to call him my friend. He's always up for any insane ride which either of us propose, always up for a challenge, intervals or, or even just a nice cruisy single speed ride. For those of you who are familiar with him on Strava or social media, you may know him as J Dollar Billings, but for everyone else, I am very pleased to welcome to This Start Life, Jake Billings. Hey Jake, how are you? Pretty good. Good? How are you doing? I'm good. So, uh, we're sitting here, you just finished up a ride, nice easy ride this evening. Nice little spin. We've got a race coming up on Saturday, so just trying to spin the legs. Yep. What race are you doing? Mojave Death Race. Nice. Killer. It has become one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that? Like, just because of the team aspect of it, or like just the challenge of it? I think for me, like last year, it was kind of uh, like a light bulb kind of went off after that race. My brain, because I do a lot of racing. And for like the last four years, I've just been doing like the XC short track, kill yourself in an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And I was doing the same races, doing the same routine, just like load up the bikes, go to the race, hammer yourself, same courses. You don't even need to pre ride because I'm like, I've done this course 10 times. Right. And I did that race and I had so much fun. When I finished, I was, like, talking about it to everybody I was running into. And I was like, I haven't fucking felt like that after a race in, like, three years. Because I've just been doing the same stuff all the time. Right. In, like, these little city parks in SoCal. So, I think, like, that made it, like, a special part. And it's also badass as hell Mm -hmm. to tell somebody I'm going to go do the Mojave Death Race. Right. Like... And I've done it, I did it a year before you did it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's no joke. Like, yeah. it's usually, I mean, it's in June, so it's really hot. You're in the Mojave Desert. Yeah. And it can reach, I think the year we did it, it reached like 116 or 117 yeah. degrees, like in the middle of the day. And you've got people out that. riding and running in that. And it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. No. It was like... <laughs> super intense and it's you're even when it's not your turn you're still like in it right you want to stay in the in race mode Mm -hmm. you know and you're like cheering your teammates on but you're also like well i can't be standing in the sun it's 120 degrees right the next five hours because i gotta race soon yeah so and it's just you cover like so much ground and you get to see like the sunrise and the sunset it's just like this 
epic crazy. What's the total mileage of it again? I think this year it's 250. 250. You get varied, and it's covered by that. like mountain bike, road bike, and running. And running. Yeah. yeah. So are you just doing mountain bike legs? No, I'm doing mountain and road. I think the original plan when we had four riders was for me to just do mountain. But now we're down to three and a half-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll be doing, I believe, two mountain, one road. So I think the same road bike segment I did last year, okay. which was like from Bolo, uh, which is like the low point, 166. teams to support you and stuff as well yeah and that's what's cool too is like last year we're doing like these bottle handoffs and like spraying each other down with the water bottles so this year i picked up a secret weapon okay i got a super soaker nice so we can fill that up <laughs> and blast each other good to cool each other off with that so i think that'll be the key to success this year perfect yeah that's definitely necessary because it's just like when it's 120 degrees like even if you've got like a little bit of a breeze from riding it's not a breeze it's cooling yeah. you down it's just like it's, it's like, like being in a, a hair dryer yeah. or something yeah it just dries out your mouth and you can't generate enough perspiration and sweat to like cool, your, cool yourself off. yeah so um so keeping that in mind with regards to like just finding other events that i guess like kind of sparked your motivation again for racing not that you do you feel like you'd lost your motivation or you just had become like stale you think i think i've always i'm always like motivated to train and race because for me it's like a personal challenge to race and get better yeah but i just got bored yeah i needed like a new adventure so what else do you have on the calendar um i think i'm gonna do uh, like a big bear endurance race in September, but the big one this year is the Breck Epic yes. in August. Yes. And I think I'll see you there. You will see me there. Except you're doing the full thing and I'm going to be a wuss in three days. Right. I know. I need to... Um, you're doing the first three days of the Breck Epic? Yeah. So it's kind of cool that they do that, though. They call it the Epicurious, I think. Yeah. So you can do three days. You can do the first three days or the second three days. And then... Or you can do the full six days. Yeah. So, um, so that's cool. So, have you still done like the races that you did last year and stuff, or not as much? Let's see, so far this year I did a one of the six hours of Temecula races. Oh yeah. Which I love those. They're, it's the same, pretty much the same course every year, but it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's so well run, and the guys are just super cool, down mm -hmm. to earth good vibes kind of race so I did one of those I did a I was supposed to do true grit oh I yeah deathly ill yeah you've had a bad you had to run a bad luck for yeah. racing yeah my car <laughs> broke down on the way to one so yeah it sucked <laughs> I got deathly ill for another one um then I did six hours of frog hollow um I felt pretty good there but I kind of like cramped up crazy hard on my last lap. I still did pretty well. I think I got like ninth overall. Nice. Because um, I still was able to get in like 70 miles. It's yeah. An insanely long course. 
Yep. Um, and then I did a new race this year, the Tinker Classic up in Beatty. Oh, and yeah. I got fifth in the Open 100K. And that was fun. Who got first? Tinker Juarez. <laughs> Man, he beat me again. He beat me in Kingman last year. I wouldn't even say he beat me. He raced and finished like you know a half hour in front of everybody else <laughs> and then when I came in behind him like yeah. oh hey yeah. <laughs> his shoes were already off when I finished <laughs> he's like having a beer yeah. in. he's like oh you were racing too <laughs> yeah. so let's bring it back to the start so how long have you been mountain biking for? Uh, I would say I've been mountain biking and how did you get into it? since college which feels like yesterday but I believe that was like god like 10 years ago 11 years ago 12 years maybe probably been mount riding a mountain bike since I was 12 I've been riding a bicycle since I was like four or five I think so who got you kid. into it your dad um, into mountain biking into biking I guess it was just always like in your household bike I mean like as a kid you always get your first bike yeah right and mine was like some shitty hunk of junk that my dad like rattle canned yeah painted red to cover up the rusty spots um and I remember my mom telling me a story about how I'd ride around on training reels for a while and then one day I was just like can you take these off and they they were all nervous I was gonna crash and I just like tore down the street like <laughs> why were these training wheels on to begin with right <laughs> and doing like skids and all that crazy stuff <coughs> um and so I just like that was just like the thing you did yeah growing up you rode yeah. your bike and you went to little league and you played soccer mm -hmm. and but then I kind of stuck with it where maybe kids would have got bored and all that I kind of started riding like BMX bikes yeah I had like in my yard I had this little sh shitty wooden jump that my dad built one day me and my dad built together and I would just do laps like ride up this hill go down this jump go around the turn ride back up the hill go over yeah. the jump and just do like little one footers and yeah. like x ups and s stupid little tricks like that just for hours just doing this yeah and I grew up near in New York and like five miles from my house was this like state park mm -hmm. and it had some weird name but we called it 909 because it was 909 acres of just like trails of like single want. track trails yeah single track and some there's like a couple jeep roads in there yeah but mostly just single track and you just go wherever you want nice and my first time on a trail was on my bmx bike and i had like one back brake i think and my dad took me and he just retold me the story because he was in town for the tinker race but we went up to like the top of this crazy run and i think i had like a full face dirt bike helmet on because <laughs> i was like 12 or something like that and 
just super steep, like still one of my favorite trails to these to this day because it's just so fast. On a BMX bike. Yeah, and I'm on a BMX <laughs> bike, and he, he said the same thing. Like it just took off, and he was like, "Oh shit, I guess I guess I better catch up to him." <laughs> like he was so nervous, he was gonna see me like on the side of the trail somewhere, and I got he got down to the bottom, and I was at the bottom just like smiling, like, "Can we go yeah. back up and do yeah. it again?" <laughs> so yeah, after that. I don't know, I went to college, and that's when, like, I think, like, Rampage, or remember remember seeing, like, Rampage, or, like, uh, like those New World Disorder mountain mm-hmm. bike DVDs, these old school, like, free ride, yeah. huck yourself off of cliffs, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I want to do that, <laughs> that looks fun, <laughs> so uh, I saved up and bought, like, a used downhill mountain bike for like 600 bucks or something like that with like v-brakes piece of shit and started racing downhill in college nice so that was like that was like my first mountain bike 10 12 years ago then yeah roughly yeah like freshman year of college i got a downhill it was a diamondback i don't even know what like six inch for then back then downhill bikes had like that one had like six inches of travel and then, like, a year or so later, I got one with, like, seven inches of travel, which is, like, a trail bike nowadays. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> it was badass. Yeah. So, you raced downhill, like, competitively, and... Yeah. How did you... Did I did, you... I did pretty well. I started at, like, a beginner, and I, I remember getting a... Cause my college was probably 45 minutes from this mountain called Platykill, mm-hmm. which if you're from the east, you probably heard of it. They nickname it Splatikill. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, That's comforting. Because yeah, it's just like this super natural, rocky, rooty, east coast, gnarly. I think their idea of grooming a trail is just like putting a ribbon on it so that you know where to go <laughs> like if you hit your head and the branch fell down yeah then that's grooming it uh, so I would go there and race because they had like a whole downhill series mm. and I ended up winning or not winning but getting like podiums in beginner class and I moved up to sport mm-hmm. and like did two races got two more podiums and I moved up to like expert before I finally had enough downhill racing what was the like what was the like the tipping point like did you have a big crash or i remember i had one big crash that i was like absolutely flying and then all of a sudden i was like in the woods (laughs) my, my bike was like 10 yards from me and i was like probably 15 feet off the side of the trail just like what the hell? How did that? What? <laughs> I was just Jeez. racing. So, and did you ever break anything racing downhill? No, just a lot of like scars and cuts. Yeah. I mean, I broke tons of bikes. Yeah. But luckily, I've always knock on wood. Kind of, because I think because I'm so tall, mm. when I crash, I don't tend to get like stuck in the bike. Right. I kind of eject from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just like imagine you kind of like a. Um, Jack Skellington from like just kind of like bouncing off the bike yeah. and walking away from it. Just like this lanky, 
fun just to be like, you crashed like a ballerina. Like, yeah. You land on your feet somehow. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so when did you, so then did you immediately get into like more cross country stuff or so, what, what brought that about? My first cross country race, I was going to Platykill just to ride, to practice. And I'm like buying my lift ticket and the guy's like, oh, by the way, there's a cross country race going on today. So you might have some of the trail schools, watch out for them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, when does it start? And they're like, oh, in like 30 minutes. So I was like, can I sign up? <laughs> so I just signed up. On your downhill up. bike? Yeah, I had a downhill bike and I had a full face. <laughs> and I think I rode in like the sport. It was like this 10 or 12 mile uh, loop. And like, I think I was a mile from the finish line. I snapped my chain. I like picked up my bike and ran like a mile really? across the finish line. <laughs> oh my I word. I got like third place or something like that. And I got done and I was just like, holy shit, that was fun. Because a downhill race is like three to four minutes of right. intense focus. Right. And this was like an hour and a half of like yeah. intensity. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, well, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And so I think like that experience and then just kind of that big crash it was kind of just like I don't know I think I want to ride more than worry about like killing myself yeah just kind of all came together like a natural progression then almost yeah, yeah. which is probably better rather than having something like a major incident force you into yeah. it as well and where you're like I don't even want to ride a bike right. again yeah. I broke my everything yeah so um so then you moved out to so you started racing cross country out there mm-hmm. and then um you moved out to Las Vegas in 2012. Oh yeah, that's the same year as me. Yeah. And so, um, I've only known you since, I think we've been Facebook friends for two years. And that's what really matters. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just try to think when, um, I think I first met you through social media, like on Instagram. I was like just kind of getting into mountain biking. Yeah, you were like transitioning. And yeah, I'd like been on a couple of rides. And so I kind of, and I had some mountain bike friends and I was like, who's this Jay Doll of Billings? Like he's <laughs> always like posting mountain bike stuff and like on all the Strava segments as well. And then, and um, so you were like, really established is probably one of the fastest guys in town at that point was that like when I met you that level of fitness were you had you been at that level for a while or did it take a while to get to there or have yours always been like naturally fast I was always like kind of faster than most of my friends I think because I'm tall and skinny and I was always like active you Mm. know um but I definitely like started actually training over the last like three years okay like training training taking it serious not yeah. eating pounds of sour patch kids every night <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's funny how that doing, helps like, you know doing intervals and stuff like that yeah i would always just kind of be fast because i like to ride my bike a lot right i rode a lot of single speed for a while yeah back east i rode most of my racing was like endurance six hour stuff like okay. that and i just like doing it on single speed mm-hmm. 
So I think that's where the bass came from and then kind of refined it once I got gears. Yeah. That's cool. So then, um, so I think, so I was coming back to my stalkerish ways. So then I knew you through, as I say, social media, Instagram, Facebook. And the first time I saw you in the flesh, I think I told you this the other day, was I was doing my first ever mountain bike race, which was the Hilo Monster, the 100K, which I signed up for the 100K because the girls that I had been riding with, I don't want to call them out because (laughs) because I should, Larry Finnegan and Keely Brooks. And I was convinced they were doing the 100 as well. We went, turned up the night before to get our packet pickup. They were like, oh yeah, no, we switched the 50K. And I, I think my heart Whoopsies. just sank. I was like, "Well, <laughs> man, like I'm there's like, a long, yeah, day. long lonely day on the bike." But, but it, it turned out to be the best thing I ever did because it really taught me like, um, a lot about myself and mountain biking, and and really kind of helped me to like find a love for it. But I first saw you, you were um up at the top, almost at the top of Badger Pass, and you were just at the side like cheering people on. Yeah. And I was like, I think that's shake but I'm not sure and then after that then I think we became friends on Facebook probably and then and then you were like you ride bikes I ride bikes too <laughs> let's make this let's happen make, uh, let's get a little friendship going <laughs> and I think I was like really nervous about riding with you initially because because you are extremely fast and definitely much further past my capabilities yeah i'm definitely super fast um like (laughs) so much better than everybody else and i really fucking hate when people come up to me and talk to me i'm just like you're not as cool as me so (laughs) so obviously i was a right pain in the ass like let's ride but um i think what really um helped us be really good I'm really grateful that we are like riding or training buddies is that we're both like up for the challenge yeah and like the adventure rides and like because i think both of us like i remember um you know if we were gonna plan a a, a big wilson ride yeah or like, going to the top top of or going to the top <laughs> the radio tower on the top of potosi we were gonna do it like you know and there wasn't any like once you got there and you start going and you kind of like it was tough bailing out we just did it yeah it's not like are we really doing this should we just do some laps around black velvet or something right it's like yeah what the fuck what do you mean we're going to the top of poetry like yeah that's what we that that's hard to there's not a lot of people i could probably actually there's like maybe two other people i've met two or three other people I've met mm-hmm. in my life where you're just you're like think of a stupid dumb hard crazy <laughs> ride and you text it to them and they're immediately just like yeah when, yeah <laughs> when <laughs> that sounds dumb what time <laughs> yeah right how much water should I bring yeah <laughs> and that's like honestly the thing I think like they're that's kind of the super fun thing about mountain biking it's not just like a straight point a to point b there's a lot more to to think about there's the hydration there's the um the trail and and the technicality of it as well and then putting all the pieces together it just makes it like a really fun challenge to do yeah you can do like well i think it's so cool like you can go after work and ride a little 
Like sometimes I'll just ride like this little six or seven mile loop multiple times mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. I'm like, all right, that was cool. That was good. Mm-hmm. Or you can go, you can be like super bored at work one day and like on Google Maps and just yeah. like, where's this fire road go? Yeah. Where's that one go? And then your Saturday ride, you're just like exploring some back country and you don't see anybody for like five hours. Mm-hmm. And that could be like what map riding is for you that day. Right. Right. So, it, like, it never gets old because you could just yeah never find you can never run out of something to do on it. And what do you think of the trails in Las Vegas? Like, do you have a favorite trail that you like to ride on? I think in the summer, I definitely love to go to Mount Charleston. Yeah, it's obvious. It's, I mean, it's so much cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I live close enough to it that it's like the same distance to go there. Right. Versus like Boulder City. So I think like Showgirl and Tin Can mm-hmm. are definitely on the list of top trails, and they remind me of home. So like when I'm up there, I'm like trees. And stuff. Yeah. And it's just like epic, and you're up at elevation, so you feel like you're doing something good for your body right maybe i don't know <laughs> if it works that way um but i think my all-time favorite trail in vegas well i guess this is boulder city would be bootleg canyon doing like i guess it's kind of two trails but connecting girl scout over the saddle to pow yeah that whole long super yeah. smooth super fast descent yep it's like a roller coaster, and there's I don't think there's any other trail I've ridden that's like that. Yeah. And you can do it, like I ride that on my hardtail almost as fast as people can do it on a full suspension because it's right. just got that much flow and yeah. it's fun to it. That's one, like that, You if you're not smiling by the time you're done with that, then you're find a different wrong. sport. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> go knit or something. I don't know. So, um... So you mentioned there, so you you ride a hardtail mainly. Yeah. And I know that you probably get a lot of flack for that at some points. But what yeah. do you, what keeps you on the hardtail and, and what what do you like, what's your, what do you like about this bike? For me, part of my fitness and I think one of my things that makes me kind of fast is hammering up climbs mm-hmm. and just like dropping dropping the power mm-hmm. on these short bursts yeah and like cresting the hill and still having enough to like fly down the back the back side of it yeah and so i do i am guilty of like standing and mashing sometimes mm-hmm. on those short bursts yeah and just the feel of a hardtail and the snappiness uh, it's just like the responsiveness that i like yeah um and I think descending-wise, yeah, I could probably go faster on full suspension. I mean, obviously, almost anybody could. But I think for racing, the amount that I gain on the ups, I'm gaining more than I'm losing on my descents. Because of the lack of suspension. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't think it slows me down. It might slow other riders down more than it would be. I don't know if maybe because my legs are like 10 feet long. Well, I think probably your background in downhill racing, like you have the technical skills to manage. Because I think a lot of the time when 
uh, people are riding like a full suspension like you can kind of you can you can afford to make a little bit more mistakes and like not pick like yeah. the smoothest line or or like just kind of let the bike do a lot more work um not that it's like the lazy way to go because it's not but um but like on the hardtail you have the skills to be able to negotiate down the hill smooth and fast as well yeah like getting a little sketch and out of control is kind of what i'm used to yeah so like when the earth starts moving and the bike starts sliding i'm just like all right that was fun yeah I'm not like oh shit that was scary <laughs> so do you have any like oh shit moments when you're riding or yeah almost every time i ride okay <laughs> <laughs> so what I, do they come in the farm in then usually i take i get kind of guilty of taking corners too hot oh yeah like i get really excited i'm feeling the flow and i'm like i don't need to break for this like whoosh you're like yes i should have broke <laughs> break a little bit on that like <laughs> Um, but like straight away gnarly loose descent stuff mm-hmm. I love that stuff mm-hmm. just like line it up at the top and plow down it. Go. and I think riding on east coast like super wet roots spider webbed in every direction and like rocks and moss and yeah. all that stuff that just slides out from under you Yeah, you learn to just kind of go straight just point where going and point like point your front wheel and just let it go yeah and the bike will kind of do it and plinko around where it needs to and just keep looking forward and just kind of like that feeling of as long as you're kind of staying on top of the bike and light it'll it'll move underneath you and get down Mm -hmm. the trail how it needs to yeah which is a weird sensation and you can't i don't know how you can teach somebody well, do that. It's, it's almost like just teaching someone to relax, like concentrate yeah. really hard to not be concentrating so hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, be like, chill. I think Aaron Gwynn said it in an interview once that, like, you know, he's stupid fast and looks like he's going crazy out of control, but he's just like, the stuff that scares me, you gotta, like, practice the scary stuff so much that it's not scary anymore. Right. And then. I don't know. So to me, I don't know. It just feels safe. Yeah. yeah. Feeling control, even though I'm. That was the interview you did on my podcast. Is it? Yeah. Oh man. If you want to go back to episode four or five or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he said that. Like, yeah, just practicing it so that your level of your your capability level or your level is just so much better than everyone else's. Like somebody else's scary out of controlness. Is your normal for you? Yeah. And you're scary out of control. This is like they won't even look at it. Yeah. And so, have you um, have you ever thought about going back to downhill at all, or not really? No, not or maybe really. enduro. Maybe enduro, but I've done a couple. I've dabbled the like an enduro race at bootleg, and I may or may not have done an enduro race in Las Vegas that did or didn't exist. But we and, do not know. Like, <laughs> and I don't that format. Like, it's fun, mm-hmm. and I like, I like that idea better than downhill because you do get multiple runs. So if you right. mess up, your whole weekend isn't shot. Yeah. There's something about like breaking up the flow. Yeah. And the racing. I don't know. To me, I like once I'm in race mode. Yeah. I'm in race mode, and I want to go in race mode for. And then stop and hang around and, and, and wait for your go and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's. To me, it's like you race hard, then you kind of lightly pedal, then you hang out with your buddies, and then you race hard again, 
which is I think what a lot of people like about it. Yeah. Is that it's not this like. It's not all at once and it kind of broken once. up. It's yeah. More like a regular ride, but. Yep. To me, I like to just get in that zone and stay in it yeah. until it's over. Do you have any uh, pet peeves when you're mountain biking? Like either with other people on the trails or things with your bike or. Um. I like my bike to work. <laughs> like <laughs> no most people. Shit. <laughs> what? I think I try to like maintain it pretty well and I choose like my bike isn't the lightest. It's definitely light. It's definitely a cross country. Super light, bike. yeah. Race bike. It's a hardtail. But there's things on it that might be heavier and not like super Joey XC weight weenies mm-hmm. out. Because mm-hmm. I ride my race bike. It's the bike that I ride all the time. Right. So I, I stick with stuff that's durable enough to survive. Yeah. And I think I treat it right. And then when it finally breaks, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> then it's bad news bears. So there's nothing worse than like going out and snapping a chain mid ride or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. I don't know. Most of the time, if I'm riding, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. I don't know that. They might you might get frustrated like sometimes you're riding along and some other guy's coming up on coming your direction and in your head you're like i have the right away and they're not yeah. yielding yeah and for a few seconds you're like, like <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to teach you how to ride bro but, <laughs> but you don't say that but so then, like, just as a per- public service announcement we'll just say that you yield to uphill traffic on the trails yes. the reason for- being <laughs> ever climbed and then you stop climbing and now you try to start climbing again it sucks mm-hmm. you can't get traction or you're just muscle seize up or whatever mm-hmm. going down you can stop and then you just put your feet on the pedals and yeah. start going again yeah it's pretty easy so i mean in my head that annoys me but then you go around the next turn and you're like oh this is fun as hell right and you forget about it yeah and just not everybody might not realize that or they didn't see you in time or they're in their own world too yeah yeah yeah. so i think there's like there's only one trail that i just think you just shouldn't ride up in general and that's well i think they call it actually it's probably mustang but viagra yeah is that mustang loop oh like going down viagra yeah Yeah. because we were talking ben and i were talking about that last night like like he said like 35 miles an hour going down yeah. that trail like everyone yeah, knows you trails. go down that trail yeah. and, and then with red valley like i try and like get up that before it's too late in the morning right. or day because you don't want to spoil somebody's fun yeah yeah and i think we're also used to just letting it rip on those right sections and stuff but then you get like the out of town here mm-hmm. screwing up the locals vibes so outside of Las Vegas, um, do you have a favorite trail to go to that's uh, within a uh, four to five hour radius? Four to five hours. That's so the I'm encompassing... awesome thing about Vegas. I know. There's so much to do within I know. four to five hours. So that's encompassing like some stuff in like Big Bear, St. Yep. George, Brinehead, Kingman. Oh my God. Uh, Beatty. They're just all so good for... For different, different reasons, reasons, huh? Right? Like, going to Big Bear and doing Skyline Trail in the summer mm-hmm. is just, like, killer. You 
you're at elevation, it's not 120 degrees, right. you're in the trees. Yeah. Awesome views. Going to Sedona and riding on that red dirt. Haven't been there yet. That's a shame. Right now. Is super amazing. And the whole like trails are just like networked in and out of town. Mm -hmm. um, and it's Sedona. Like, you're mountain biking. Is that like wine country? No, not really. It's just like epic red rock. Oh, awesomeness! It's like if you took that little part of Red Valley <laughs> where it's red dirt and like green trees, yeah, and blew it up to Five thousands of, of times. acres. Yeah, so that like two hundred yards of bliss that you get is like everywhere. So it's nice and tacky then, yeah, and it's super just like flowy. Super tacky. Mm -hmm. It can be as flowy and fun as you want, or it can be stupid hard yeah um and then like zen trail in st george there's just that reminds me of east coast even though it's nothing like the east coast but I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's rocks the, and the, dirt. the type of riding of like your i call it off the seat because i'm on a hardtail yeah like off the seat like picking your lines staying focused you're going like you ride for an hour and you made it four miles right you're exhausted yeah. type of riding yeah where your brain is like turned on the entire time because we rode for like two and a half hours or three hours that yeah. day and we didn't go that far no, like it's like 15 miles right <laughs> you ride for two but... and a half three hours at cottonwood and you're 40 miles into it right exactly <laughs> and that's good then so kind of just depends like what kind of rides you're looking for then I guess where you want to yeah. go and what's really cool is like there's, there's seasons for a reason right so mm -hmm. like you don't get sick of doing yeah. the same trails all the time because mm -hmm. you just go to all these different areas depending on the right. year I'm not going to go to Sedona when it's 110 degrees there right and you're Bear. not going to go up to Charleston or Big Bear when it's wintertime it's, it's going to be snowed under yeah. so freeze your ass off so yeah. you like road so you don't get bored because even though we can ride all year, you can't ride the same trails all year. Mm -hmm. So you get that variety. Mm -hmm. And um, what do you like to do in in like conjunction with your riding? Like, do you have other things you like to do to like to kind of, I guess, like as like recovery or supplemental training? Um, I like to hike. Take my little dog on a hike. Mm -hmm. Run. Well. I wouldn't say I run. I run like a mile through my neighborhood. <laughs> Still with running. My, with my dog. Still running. And in the summer we go kayaking. Mm -hmm. Just stuff like that. Because I know your lovely wife, Alexis. Yeah. She does yoga. She does yoga. She tries to get me to do yoga. Do you? I do a pitiful attempt at <laughs> yoga. And every time I do it, I think I need to do this more. But I just, I like to get on the yoga train. Much. I like to move around. Right. I can't sit still. She'll get annoyed because if we're like just hanging out and watching TV for too long, uh, I get like antsy and I start to twitch. <laughs> She's like trying to relax and like lay on me, and I'm like moving around, <laughs> getting all like fidgety. Um, so that's why I think I never got like that yoga bug. Yeah. Even though I know it's really important, I'll keep trying, I guess. I think there's different kinds. Like, I've been doing, like, a lot of that 
I've been trying to do yin yoga at least once a week, which yin yoga is like the really slow holding stretches for like three to five minutes. Yeah, that I can Which do. is like super difficult for me as well because it's really difficult for me to stay still in one place and I'm really not flexible, so it yeah. hurts a lot, but I know it also helps me a lot. But they have like, um, I guess yin, they call it like yin and yang, so like then you got like vinyasa and all the other stuff, and that kind of flows yeah. a bit more, I think. Like yeah. it's easier to do if you're more, if you're up for someone that's more movement. Like Ben likes that, he likes to do the more moving stuff. I think another part is like the ego gets in the way, because mm. like I'm used to being good at stuff. Mm. I'm good at mountain biking, I used to play a ton of golf, and I was pretty good at that. And then, Weren't you a golf pro? Yeah. So, yeah. so more than like <laughs> pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, what do you think? Um, how do you think? Do you think you ever would have been? How do you think your life would look now if you were still a golf pro? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Um, I would have been in Westchester County, which is like just north of New York City. Mm-hmm. Doing that grind in the summers and like going down to Florida in the mm-hmm. winter. I don't know. I don't think I would have been as happy because... And it also seems like, you know, for someone who's so, like, fit and active, like, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of, like, slow-moving, tactical yeah. stuff yeah. in golf. Not to diss golf. on it by any means, because obviously no, no. I come from the birthplace of golf, which yeah. is Scotland, and obviously that's wonderful, but... Like, it's, it's definitely fun, and... The better you get, the better it gets, but also the worse it gets. Because why do you just you get well for me at least. I what I liked about golf was like the thinking part of it mm-hmm. and like the the like you're not good golfers aren't good just because they can hit the ball far. It's because they hit it to like where they want to and they're like yeah they're thinking two shots ahead like if right. we're gonna miss where we're gonna miss right and you're always like thinking about all the different variables yeah and so that like makes it exciting there's more than if you're watching on tv you don't know what's going on in the right. golfer's head yeah until you play it that stuff is awesome and then like working on your swing and analyzing it and, like checking video that to me was super exciting also yeah but then it was like i don't know if i'm kind of a perfectionist it got to like a point of like this mad circle of like I expected to hit everything perfect because mm-hmm. I do all the work I hit a thousand tee shots uh, yeah. practice shots I analyzed everything yeah like, why'd that go wrong and it just you get in super in your head and so then I guess like so mountain biking is not like that for you is it you don't appear to be like that when you're riding like no you don't like beat yourself up if you like take a line the wrong way or yeah there's less so you can practice all day long and forever at golf and then just you wake up one day and like you, you your swing's just off and yeah. you don't even know why okay and maybe it's just because you slept funny and like yeah. you just can't get it in the groove or you just get this random bad luck yeah and there's like things out of there's variables you can't control right and that like to me was frustrating because you do all this work and you know you can do so well and then there's like a variable you couldn't control mm-hmm. that kind of made you not do how as well as you should have yeah and that really to most people who are probably listening are like 
the hell are you talk about? There's a million variables in mountain biking that you can't control. There's like rocks everywhere. There's people racing with you. But to me, that's more like if I eat well and I eat the same stuff all the time, I know how my body's gonna react to that. Mm-hmm. I know I've trained. I know I know how to ride. I know yeah. I've practiced riding corners. And yeah, there's these things that can go wrong, but you can kind of settle in on the fact that, well, I know I ate right, I trained right, and I can ride. I've worked on my tech skills enough that if something goes wrong, I can make up for it. Right. And it's harder to do that in golf. So okay. you do all this work, something goes wrong, and then you like can't get yourself out of it. Whereas mountain biking is like, oh, I flubbed up that corner, but whatever. I'm going to yeah. correct it immediately yeah. and keep going. Or like you wake up and you're like oh man I slept funny but in your head you just think well whatever it's one night's sleep I still have been training for the last five yeah. years yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so still know like how to ride a bike room for error then kind yeah of. there's in- more I think so. I think you're relying on bigger variables okay than with golf okay so then so. do you have any pre-race rituals things you like to you do every ride or race um, in my racing, I don't have like a, I wouldn't say it's like, it's not like rituals and superstitions because I don't really have that sort of thing. Okay. But I do try to eat like, I try to eat the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, if you eat, like for me, I eat oatmeal almost every single morning. Yep. It sits in my stomach fine. Yep. It gives me lots of happy energy. Yeah. So I'm not going to wake up on race day and eat Pop-Tarts and right. full of kicks. <laughs> yeah. Because now you're gonna, you don't know what's gonna happen. Right. So things like that, where it's like, this Just is what I do. Like stay into your routine. Yeah, yeah. Don't change, don't change a variable. Mm-hmm. Right. Like check, get to the race, check your bike the night, the night of. Because mm-hmm. if something's wrong, maybe you have time to fix it. Right. Wake up, check your bike again, because maybe a magic demon did something when you slept. <laughs> maybe that's just me that does that, but in my head, I'm like check my bike go to bed i wake up i eat my same breakfast i look at look over my bike again make sure it's still good i kind of have it down to like okay uh an hour before is going to be my last meal so mm-hmm. i have time to let it digest through my stomach yep um and then like 30 minutes before the race is when i start to warm up and you kind of like you stick to those variables mm-hmm. stick to those things and you kind of you know like these have worked in the past it's going to keep working hopefully yeah and at least you have some sort of organization so you're not running around all crazy yeah like shit i forgot my shoes yeah <laughs> you know you've already got that so you kind of stick to your routines and yeah um just so you you're calm because it's your body kind of gets into like and your brain gets into like oh, i've done this before <laughs> um and then another thing i do is like visualizations for like that's huge as yeah. well i think and that i learned from golf and downhill racing so visualization not only like and not only like and not, not not like dropping acid and looking at trees. Right. <laughs> Visualizing. <stuff. laughs> I'm talking about like picturing yourself like out of your body and at the event or mm-hmm. doing something and like you're like watching yourself on TV. Right. <laughs> and you do it. 
So it puts you in like a positive mental state because you're visualizing success. You're not sitting there like, oh man, I don't, did I train enough? Did I do this? I don't know if I'm ready for the. If you just focus on like, all right, this is me. I'm gonna be warming up. I'm gonna get to the start. Mm-hmm. I'll be standing at the start line. Like my right foot's gonna be clipped in. I think then it's also like addressing those like variables. Like, cause if you visualize it, like couple times then when you get there on the day it's not unknown because you've already visualized the whole thing yeah you know you've gone through it already a couple times in your head so it's not it's not all brand new right anymore right so you're kind of like i've been here i've done this yeah and you visualize success so it's like so when i was downhilling and i would do like stupid shit like jump off a 10-foot cliff on a mountain bike I didn't stand on top and visualize me in the hospital. I stood right. on top and visualized me going off. Yeah. The speed, sending it, what? <laughs> and then landing and riding away smooth. Uh, and so, like, most of the time, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, stuff can go wrong, but, you know, you visualize. And the same thing with golf. Like, if you want to hit it onto the green, you don't visualize, you don't stand there and be like, Hmm, here's a pretty thought of me hitting the ball into the water. Like, right. Picture your swing, hit it on the green. Yep. And so it's kind of like now you got positive things, and your brain does what your body does, what your brain thinks. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember nationals. My first trip to nationals was like two years ago for mountain bike nationals in Mammoth, and I was nervous. I didn't know if there's going to be like five million people there. Right. Or five right i mean i assume there's gonna be a lot of people there yeah i don't think they call it nationals because two locals show up right um but i was just like in my head i was like it's still the same as any other race like you know the week the week of i'm thinking like all right you're gonna camp you're gonna you're gonna do your morning routine Mm -hmm. you're gonna drive up there get your number like Mm -hmm. i've already visualized all this stuff like yeah Standing on the start line. Yeah. I visualized a thou like Tour de France start. Yeah. And got myself comfortable with that. Yeah. In my head. Because obviously there's not gonna be that many people, but right. anything less than that right. I've already handled like, in my head. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so if there's twenty, fifty people, like I've already mentally pictured myself surrounded by a thousand people. Right. And just taking off and doing what I have to do. Yeah. Like riding at your own pace. Yeah. Um and so it just like calms your nerves and if you're calm you're gonna race better anyway yeah so do you have any um any idols or like people you look up to within the sport um (laughs) (laughs) uh i definitely like i mean i look at nino shirter oh yeah just with like how the fuck does he do it because he's, he's won, consistently on top. And he's won both World Cups this year so far. Yeah. And he won... Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. And just, he won the Cape Epic. Yeah. His team. Um, so guys like that, it's like you, people that are fast and successful, you, you want to watch them. And like mm-hmm. follow them on Instagram or yeah. whatever. Watch the little videos that they do. Yeah. Maybe you pick up a tip or two from them. Right. Or just watching their... Like, I was watching him at the last World Cup. No, not the first one. Not the one we just... In not the no, one that we just The one happened. in Novo Mesto. Yeah. And I was just like, he 
is just so much smoother and faster on all these descents than everybody else. Really? And that's how, like, you put him on a road bike with the whole rest of the pack, and these guys are probably all pushing the same power, right. same watts. Yeah. They're all, like, you put them on, all these guys on road bikes, who knows who wins? Right. Maybe Nino doesn't win. Yeah. But he uses so much less energy, and he's getting through that techie stuff yeah. so much faster yep. than these guys. Uh, so that, to me, is kind of like, all right, I'm, I know I can pound out intervals but and work on leg strength and all that stuff, but you, you can't forget that you're riding a mountain bike, not a road bike. Right. And so you got to be fat. You don't want to... You do all this work to gain speed, to gain a couple seconds on a climb. Right. And you don't want to give it back in a corner. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I kind of lost sight of that the last couple of years, and this year, that's been one of the things I'm working on more. Of like. Like just paying more attention to skills and stuff, or. To not wasting speed in okay. corners and tech, mm-hmm. and giving giving time back. Right. Because you work so hard to earn it, you don't want to just flub it up in the, yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And just going faster down, letting letting it rip more. Like when I used to train on the practice runs for downhill biking, mm-hmm. uh, there's some sections where I'd be like, I need to be off the brakes here, and I'd literally just death grip my bars in the practice run and just force myself to ride through it, no brakes, and like just repeat, repeat, repeat until it was like, oh yeah, I just fucking plow through this without brakes, and yeah. I could, now I could ride through it, ready to break if I had to. Yeah. But I think like. Sometimes when you're riding by yourself a lot and you're not like chasing somebody down a fast techie thing, yeah, you, at least for me, I, I think I kind of noticed I was slowly getting slower and lazier yeah. and like not challenging myself to pick up speed in these tech things, right? Because it's you know, it's hard to find people to ride with that you can if you find people to ride with that you can learn from and follow and emulate them Mm -hmm. then you can get faster and faster that way yeah so that's why it's always important to like find people faster than you and ride with them yeah and not just ride by yourself all the time like a fucking loser (laughs) (laughs) yep which is why i ride with you because i'm so much faster now (laughs) because you're so much faster than me but um yeah it's definitely good to do that so nino shorter and then and honestly, I follow downhill more than the cross country, yeah. just because I think to watch like that race format is definitely better to watch. The downhill one. Yeah. I I don't know. Like we um, I watched the women's race, the in Alstad, Germany. Uh-huh. Honestly, that race was incredible. Cause yeah. and I think with the women as well, there's so many good women. It's really, you have no idea who's going to win. For XC or down? For cross country, for XC. So, like, we were watching, we watched it the other night, we watched it on Red Bull TV, like, after the fact, because it's always, like, in Europe, like, yeah, when yeah. we're asleep or whatever. Like in the morning. So, we go ride, and then, and then we'll sit down and watch it and eat or whatever. And this past weekend, it was incredible, like, it was crazy to watch, because, like, you got, like, six laps, and sometimes, I mean, the week before, um, Annika Langvad went out, like, the first lap, and, like, just kept that lead, and, like, ended up winning by a minute, and that was, like, incredible to watch, but this past weekend in, in, uh, uh, in Alstad, they, um, 
it was like there was so much to and fro between yeah. like the top five. Yeah, she crashed, right? Didn't she Annika crash? crashed yeah. twice, I think. She crashed. And... See, you gotta have that tech. I know. Gotta, so like to finish first, like... you gotta finish first. <laughs> Like that. I don't think that's. <laughs> you gotta finish. You got finished, right? Well, yeah. she finished. Okay. She still finished. I think. I can't remember actually where she finished. She still finished, but she had two crashes on that day, and they were not good either. But actually, the girl that won um, was uh, Yana Belmoina, who's like 24 year old young girl, who just like she started like quite far back, and she like kept pushing and pushing, and then the last half she like the last lap she overtook and then the other girl overtook her again and then yeah. she took her back and then she just like rode away and it was incredible like the back and forth of all you have no idea who's gonna win yeah. and so honestly the hardest thing on race days like that is like trying not to look at any social media because yeah, I don't because then if you see it then it like kind of wake up and you're like oh, yeah like the week before <laughs> I like I had I had gone on Instagram I think I posted a picture and then I saw that Annika had won I was like well, I'm still yeah. gonna watch it, but I know she wins. Yes. And but um, but yeah, but for downhill, it's definitely cool to follow those guys as well. Yeah, well, like for us, watching cross country is always gonna be interesting because mm-hmm. like I'm not just watching it; I'm like studying it. Right. You know. Yeah, like you're seeing like where people are attacking, what kind of gears yeah. they choose, what kind of strategies they like, right. they use, and talking behind like people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. That that sort of tactical stuff. But, like, and even when I watch downhill, again, I'm not just like, oh, yeah, look at Aaron Gwynn. He's really fast. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just like. Yeah, like, we're still, like, like, studying it. Like, how smooth he is through there. And, like, oh, cool. He, he, like, went straight there. And, like, the other guys, I don't know, maybe they took that corner wide. Like, that. Do you watch freestyle as well? Uh, sometimes. That's just, like, it makes me feel real bad. Because <laughs> their like, skills are so yeah, great, next like, level. You watch Brendan Semenuk, and I'm like, well, he's over. like king of smooth. Yeah, stupid smooth, and you're like, because I don't know if you've ever seen the size of these jumps in person, but you watch it on no, TV, and you're like, oh, I feel like in a couple of years, yeah, I could do that <laughs> like, if I just practice. And you do go off these little like one foot jumps at like blue diamond. And right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're I'm halfway there. Oh my god, you ain't got nothing on me, seven up. <laughs> but like I've been to um, like slope style courses in person, mm-hmm. and you're like, holy fuck, this canyon jump is taller than my house. Yeah. Like. And the gap you're clearing, you're literally flying 50 feet, across, like right. It's, and you're doing two backflips and a right. 720 right. at the same time. It's so it, it like definitely blows is your crazy mind, to watch. But then I feel like I yeah, it makes me not want to even bother going off that little <laughs> one foot jump. Just like, like what's the point? So lame. Never mind. <laughs> well, um, so who do you who would be your uh, fave in downhill? I mean, you gotta root for the Americans, like, because I feel like we don't really have anybody in cross country, except for uh, Kate Courtney, maybe. In yeah. Twenty three. Yeah. Um, Leah There's Davidson. Nobody, we don't have too many like top ten World Cup guys. No. XC wise, but downhill we definitely have some content like Aaron Gwynn and Nico. Yep. Malali. I guess that's how you'd say his name. Malali. <laughs> They're both on YT. Yeah. 
Um, definitely always cheering for those guys. Yeah. And Greg Minar, because he's, like, when I was in it, him and Steve Pete were, like, the guys. Yeah. Now, Sam Hill, before he retired, was always, like, cool to watch, because he just balls to the wall, mm-hmm. straight line and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. I always, like, I think Greg has a really good chance at Fort William. Yeah? Um, yeah. That's this weekend, I think. It is. He'll be on that 29er, 29er for life. I know. I think a few people are going to be on it. Yeah. I, I think I saw... Danny uh, Hart. I don't know if um, uh, Rachel Atherton will be riding 29er. I saw I she was training so. on a 29er. Or she tried a 29er for the first time yeah, a couple Trek weeks ago. Made, Trek made one. G was on it, but then he dislocated his hip. Right, that had to be painful. So definitely, always cheering for the Americans, and I think like Greg Minar. Yeah. He's still up there as a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Did you watch the first round and? Um, yeah. Kind Just of a, a shit show. Mess. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who didn't so fall, uh, watch that one, they had decent-ish weather up until maybe like the, last, the top, like, top 20. 10, 20 I think it was like the top 20 riders yeah and it started raining the visibility was zero yeah. like you couldn't even see you can them see on them, the screen you can see like, them on the start oh it's so so went by you're like where <laughs> I know <laughs> and so it was just such a mess and we had people like you know the the fastest riders who were struggling just to make it down yeah who were like crashing all over the yeah, place crashing out and I like Gwyn got DQ'd because he crashed off course and, like, oh yeah and then came in at a different point or something but yeah. it was like how you can't even see anything anyway like yeah. so it was it but was that's a, racing but that's racing that's like and you, you know, can't like, that's, complain those nope. top 20 guys if any of them complain then they don't deserve to be right because like out there like, that's just what it is man yeah you get, sometimes you get a flat yep. sometimes it rains on you and that's no sometimes one's it's fault sunny and, it could yeah. have happened the opposite and all yeah. those guys chasing points right could have gotten like demolished and now they're like man i'm never gonna get a good start right you know that's yeah. just part of it yep there's um yeah i had a a flavor of that and uh an enduro that may or may not have happened um, <laughs> where i did really well on two runs and on my last run got flat and yeah. walked and i think had i probably had i not got flat i could have been in contention to maybe win it yeah but you it's know what the other girls you know they didn't get flat right they earned it and they earned it exactly. so and just, there's been plenty of races where there's been a guy in front of me and i've passed him and he's like fixing a flat and yeah. i secretly smiled inside because yeah. like, <laughs> right there's one less guy to worry about yeah. like wow <laughs> Yeah, like it just happens. But I think, like, mentally, though, as well, that's, that's that comes into, like, just, you know, keeping yourself, like, mentally positive, like, during a race, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know, when you take, when you take these, like, little wins, if you like, you know, if you do pass someone, yeah, it sucks for them, and you feel bad that they got flat, but, but yeah, like, you're, you're a little bit ahead, and, you, you know, you got, like, you don't have a flat, or you don't have a mechanical at that time, yeah. so you kind of, like, stay positive in the fact that you don't, yeah. and you just keep concentrating, but... But yeah, staying positive like throughout can be can be a challenge. But well, I think we've been chatting for a while. Uh, <laughs> so oh yeah, I gotta come uh, <laughs> yeah. So we'll wrap this up. But uh, I hope you'll be uh, regular on our podcast. I hope so. And maybe we can uh, discuss other things people want to 
uh, let us know what they want us to chat about or yeah. complain about Fine. or <laughs> gossip about. Gossip about. We can certainly do that. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you soon. Oh, yeah. Thanks again, folks. Hope you enjoyed that one. As always, remember you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or uh, TuneIn. And go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can. It helps other people to find the podcast more easily. Until next time, stay dirty, my friends.